It's December 13th, 1852, and another remarkable event is about to be uncovered by Ariel, Rebecca, and Ali, the Retrospectors. If music charts had been around in 1852, it's hard to imagine any song beating Pop Goes the Weasel to Christmas number one, because that year the song was absolutely everywhere. A regatta boat had been named after it, classes to teach its associated dance craze had sprung up, it was being played at fashionable parties and even at the palace, and amid this swirling fervour, a ball was held in Ipswich today in history in 1852, which ended with, quote, a country dance entitled Pop Goes the Weasel, which was declared one one of the most mirth-inspiring dancers which can ever be well imagined. Yeah, this was the viral hit of Christmas 1852. I mean, this is the earliest sort of written record of it that we can find, but there are dozens of them over the course of the festive period. Whenever people saw this dance, seemingly, they took it home with them and then taught other people the dance. And it was, it's important to reference... A dance. There were no lyrics at this point. It was called Pop Goes the Weasel, probably actually after that boat you mentioned in the Durham Regatta. It's a bit unclear whether the boat was named after the song, as you said, or actually whether the song was named after the boat. But the boys didn't have lyrics. It was just the music that caught on everywhere and the dance. Yeah, the the first printed sheet music, which was from 1853, contains a tutorial in the steps, which make it clear that this was a country dance, but no lyrics beyond a repeated cry of Pop Goes the Weasel. In fact, it might be, you know, we'll get into what does it mean, what does it mean, but it might be as simple as the fact that the ducking and rushing motions of the dancers were supposed to be reminiscent of a weasel popping up and darting mm. around. The tune itself is a variation of a much older jig that was called The Haymakers, which was maybe Irish originally, but by this point had made its way into to a compendium of Scottish country dances. And the Scottishness was important, or the perceived Scottishness, because newfangled dances like the waltz had largely displaced English country dancing, the kind that you'll see in Jane Austen adaptations. But the Victorians were really fascinated with their romanticised version of Scottish culture. So Scottish reels and jigs still had that certain cachet and romance about them. Yeah, I found an advertisement in the Birmingham Journal offering lessons in this new dance. Uh, Mr. and Mrs. Ridgway beg to acquaint the gentry that they are now giving private instruction in the above highly fashionable dance recently introduced at Her Majesty's and the nobility's private soirees. Just kind of like telling people about how popular this thing is and basically saying you need to know this dance and you need to know the steps because it's going to be absolutely everywhere in the years to come. Yeah, I mean, the fact it was performed at the palace did seem to be the cherry on the cake, didn't it, for it really sort of peaking this Christmas. I mean, it's interesting. Like, obviously, we all still know Pop Goes the Weasel, so this has been a long-running hit. Every child is taught it in the English-speaking world, still. And yet, it really did sort of hit its peak in 1852. By kind of 1855, yes, everyone knew it, but far from being the dance of the gentry, it was being seen as highly undesirable gauche street music Mm. that poor people played incessantly. The National Society for Promoting the Education of the Poor in England and Wales wrote that the song was contagious and pestilent. (laughs) Worst of all, almost every species of ribaldry and low wit has been rendered into rhyme to suit it. (laughs) So how did this happen? How did it become this magnet for sort of slightly nonsense lyrics? Maybe it was the fact that it was already called Pop Goes the Weasel and that suggests an adaptability and a silliness. Or maybe, and I wonder because there's a Cockney influence in the lyrics a lot of people say, which we'll get to, I wonder if it was because it was an upper-class song. Mm. You know, this was a chance to now 
stamp working class London culture on this thing that had come to be identified with really what the posh kids were dancing to. Yeah, and it's interesting because I think it's one of those things where we tend to assume, oh, the real meaning was probably clear to everyone at the time, but you know, it's been lost over history and now it seems like nonsense to us. But it was very much baffling nonsense to a large portion of its Victorian audience. And we know this because there was actually a music hall song about it, which actually seems to predate the more famous lyrics that we know now. There was a comic song called Pop Goes the Weasel, sung by W.R. Mandale. And it's all about how nobody has a clue what this song that's everywhere actually means. And the song ends, I'm still as wise as ever. I was and fools an empty pea shell in as far as the true history goes of Pop Goes the Weasel. So there's all sorts of interpretations that have sprung up about what it could possibly mean. One interpretation is that uh, the lyrics reflect the struggles of the working class in London during the 19th century. The rhyme could possibly allude, people say, to the cycle of poverty with Pop Goes the Weasel possibly referring to spending money impulsively or quickly. There's an alternative suggestion that pawning one's coat or or tailor's iron in order to buy food and drink is what it's all about because pop is a slang word or was a slang word for porn and weasel is rhyming slang for coat. Weasel and stoat is your coat. And so there's kind of these explanations that have kind of sprung up around it, but very few of them have a very clear kind of moral or political focus. I disagree. There are lots of uh, explanations, and I agree with that, but I disagree that there's not a very clear one that it's obviously about, and that is that latter one you were talking about. Because if pop does mean porn, and weasel does mean coat, just look at the second verse. Up and down the city road, in and out the eagle. It's weird because I used to drink in the eagle on City Road, it's still there. (laughs) That's the way the money goes, pop goes the weasel. I mean, if you drink too much, you're going to have to pawn your coat. It's not that complicated. (laughs) Except... Uh, Sorry. (laughs) Cockney rhyming slang is more modern than you think. It was still in its infancy in the 1850s, and most of the rhyming slang didn't have the reverse element that we have now. It was literally just this rhymes with this, and that's what the slang is. Coat seems so plausible, but the earliest use of weasel and stoat coat isn't attested until the 1930s. So it attested. almost... Doesn't mean attest- it exist. That's fair enough, fair enough. But I think actually, you know what? We're living in an era where probably we don't know many uh, saddlers, cobblers, hatters and weavers who all supposedly used tools that were called a weasel. But if you'd lived in the Victorian era, it probably would have been much more part of your life to know about those various tools. It's hard to imagine how much a pawnbroker would give for these very specific tools and you Mm. would presumably need them again for Monday so pawning it to go boozing at the weekend does seem like a bit of a risky move (laughs) yeah okay so let's just be specific about like that interpretation then so that is so the weasel being a reference to a spinner's weasel a thread measuring device which made a popping sound to indicate that you'd uh reach the desired length and so then the way you see the lyrics then is that it's punctuating the drudgery of working class life with the kind of cadence of working Uh, in a production line in the late Victorian era. You know, you're dreaming of where you're going that evening, up and down the city road, in and out the eagle. That's the way the money goes. Pop goes the weasel. Almost like you're being taken out of your, you know, you can distract yourself with the uh, entertainments on offer, but every every 10 seconds, pop goes the weasel and you've got to go back to your desk. Yeah, but I suppose the next thing is like how you square that with some of the other lyrics, particularly the beginning bit. Half a pound of tuppany rice, half a pound of treacle. That's the way the money goes, pop goes the weasel. You know, that, that beginning bit is not so obviously clearly related to the next stanzas. I feel like anyone could ad lib a verse of pop goes the weasel and then some of them did stick i mean that's that's why it's different to some of those other ones because yeah like 
like Humpty Dumpty. You know, you look up Humpty Dumpty and it turns out Humpty Dumpty is the name of one of Charles I's cannons. It's, right. it's specifically about the siege of Colchester. Yeah. You can't really <laughs> improvise lines around that. Or Bar Bar Black Sheep is about the wool tax of 1275. The three blind mice with three Oxford martyrs burned at the stake for their faith. There's none of that going on. It's just a fun dance that's probably about drinking and is probably about working class people. Therefore, there's a lot of elasticity in it. I mean, mm. I thought Tupney Rice and Treacle was a sort of Easter-style chocolate Rice Krispies cake. But but no, I th- I think probably the most likely explanation for that is, again, it's it's everyday essentials, isn't it? Mm. Tupney Rice and Treacle is the sort of thing you eat when you haven't got much money. This explains the wide variety of lyrics that have popped up around the world because it turns out in America they're singing totally different words to Pop Goes the Weasel. Maybe because if there is a Cockney slang element to it, that would have been lost on Americans. But a lot of their versions interpret weasel literally. So their verses are about like weasels being chased by monkeys or in some versions being chased by possums. A newspaper article from 1905 recalled that the song went round the world and many a boy in far off Brazil or Ceylon received his first idea of London streets in its reference to the city road so you know it was basically the despacito of the time and although there was no radio (laughs) to blast the tune at you there were organ grinders you know imagine that you hate this song and you're hearing it everywhere it's reverberating through the city streets all day that'd be even worse than a radio and presumably even more irritating to those who were completely sick of it there's even evidence that it became kind of a meaningless catchphrase that people were saying pop goes the weasel just because Mm. it was in the ether and we're using it just in response to everyday statements you know, you can imagine how irritating it must have been if you were really, really over Pop Goes the Weasel. <laughs> it was the simples of its era. I was just thinking about the meerkat. Yes. <laughs> it's totally what it's like, isn't it? People don't even know what they're doing a pun on. It's just yeah. like, oh, simples. It's funny that you mentioned that, you know, it coloured in London for a lot of people because it's still the case that if you look up the Eagle Pub, which I mentioned earlier, their Google Maps description is still, quote, Victorian pub, name-checked in the rhyme, Pop Goes the Weasel, with Courtyard Garden and Weekly Quiz. And I did have a look through the reviews, and there is a customer who was disappointed that they went there and their weasel wasn't pop. <laughs> yeah, I didn't lose all my money there. <laughs> Something went wrong. Tomorrow. Tony Blair, the former Australian Prime Minister John Howard, and a weird one, Justin Bieber. Ditch the ads and get a Sunday episode when you join Club Retrospectors. Patreon.com slash Retrospectors.